Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Stav. And welcome to our business podcast where we cover business in the news and also put in our legal twists and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. Are you just going to not talk about the fact that apparently some of the guys on... I guess actually the whole... U.S. men's soccer team listened to the podcast on Monday, hearing that you said that you thought they were going to lose. And I guess that deflated them for the match on Tuesday. So you're basically to blame. The whole country is blaming you right now. Well, I had a lot of money riding on that game. Luckily, I won. I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it is it is a sad affair. It was a well-fought game, though. The tough one. Very. And by the way, we're referring to the uh, Wimbledon match, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I watched that as well, but uh, I guess we turned to Costa Rica. I don't know who, who to root for. There's eight teams left. I, I guess you root for the team that's in your own section or qualifying division. I don't really know. Yeah, unless, you're, unless you have some sort of ties, like your family's from somewhere. I've always enjoyed uh, watching Germany play, So, and they've also came out of the same group as U.S., so Germany and Costa Rica are my... Uh, teams. Costa Rica is more of a Cinderella hope and Germany is more likely to win. Right. I guess we'll see what happens. We'll keep the audience updated for those who don't watch. Yeah. So like, basically you could get all your scores updates from this podcast <laughs> like a week later. I don't know if we'll be recording before. I don't know when the final is. Final is I think a week from Sunday. Okay. So we'll probably be recording when we have the final two teams or like just about yeah, have the final two. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we'll make our predictions then. Well, we should get to this podcast that we're doing. What do we have for today? All right. This is a pretty interesting story, and I'm sure this isn't the first time this has happened, but it's the uh, most recent time this has happened, at least. So a waitress in Ohio just got terminated, but not for maybe a reason you would think, but because she was she went home and complained on Facebook about getting poor tips for the night. And apparently, she was Facebook friends of someone who had been a customer that night and saw it, printed out a screenshot of the complaints from this girl's profile, brought it into the restaurant, and then they fired her, which is kind of humorous. I mean, it's kind of stupid on the waitress's part if she knew... Unless she had a, you know, a million friends on Facebook, I think I would know any time a friend of mine on Facebook was someone I was waiting on, but I don't know, it's just me. But this is pretty interesting because with new technology, it's, there's new ways to get fired from a job. Yeah, I think Facebook status comments and private messages are probably the best way to terminate your employee, in my opinion. <laughs> Maybe even have an exit interview just through some Facebook messaging, or that would be interesting. Have a third-party <laughs> witness somehow in there. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, he's, he's spying on you anyway. I was trying to think, you know, this is pretty interesting, but why is this news in the first place? Is she complaining that she was fired? Does she feel that she was wrongfully terminated? That would have to be the case, right? I don't see why this would get picked up otherwise, other than her reaching out to someone. And here's what I'm guessing happened. She gets fired. She goes and talks to an attorney who... It's like, oh, we should get this out in the news, get some publicity on this, and maybe the restaurant will feel obligated to... We can use this as leverage for the impending suit that's going to be filed against him. Yeah, and I think there's some ambiguity as to what she actually said, because she says, I quote, if you come into a restaurant and spend $50 or more, you should be able to tip appropriately for that. 
But of course, the restaurant says she was fired for using a derogatory name to refer to the customer, <laughs> which she may have neglected to include in her quote for the, yeah. for the news story. What she says is so proper, according yeah. to her. It's just a public commentary about tipping in restaurants in the United States. That's all. So like you said, I think there will ultimately be a lawsuit that will probably be filed against the restaurant. But for what? I, yeah, I don't think there's anything there, though. Well, that's what I was going to ask. I don't know how it is in Ohio, but I'm, I'm guessing they can probably fire her for whatever reason, as long as it's legitimate. Yeah, Ohio's an at-will state, too, if I recall. And so pretty much, yeah. I mean, people don't realize that just because it's online, and we've talked about this before, just because it's online doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're protected by these weird special laws. You have to conduct yourself the same way as if you were in any public setting. Yeah, it's just like walking, you know, the same thing as if she would have been upset, walked outside of the restaurant and starts venting to somebody or maybe to her and another waitress come out and they're venting about it and the customers are walking out right there. It's, you know, it's pretty much the same thing, except now they actually have visual proof that it happened. Yeah. And also note that the restaurant had a corporate policy, so they say, about employees mentioning the restaurant on social media. And with every company that has employees, we've talked about employee handbooks. If you have three or four employees or more, you need at least a basic handbook, I think. But uh, having a social media policy can be important, not to have something to restrict your employees, but just to have an understanding between you and your employees that, okay, are you okay with them talking about your company in the social media sphere or you not want them to talk about it at all or what can they talk about? What are the restrictions? That's something that's important to at least have a conversation about and a written policy. You mentioned all social media and I just realized that this week we're hitting all social media stories in our Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes. So we're starting with Facebook, transitioning into Snapchat and Wednesday. And then on Friday, we're going to talk about Tinder. So, Oh, nice. Yeah, this will be social media week. I don't know what our questions are. We plan that accordingly, actually, specifically. Last week was World Cup, right? Well, some, yeah. of, the, some of the episodes. So, Well, no, it was World Cup, and then Friday's episode was the 4th of July episode. Oh, yeah. Which would have been nice had the U.S. played. I can't imagine what would have happened if they would have played in the final, what would have been the final eight, yeah, and they would have been playing on the 4th of July. It would have been too intense. <laughs> That's true. That would, that would have been nice. Would they have played on the 4th of July? No, they would have played on Saturday, right? I looked into this well in advance because I was wondering. I was like, it'd be really cool if they lined up. So basically, if they would have beaten Germany and they would have won the group, they would have played whoever they played in that last match. And then if they would have won that, they would have played France on the 4th of July. So that would have been pretty entertaining. Let's get to our question of the day. Hopefully it's social media based. And it's probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> we didn't tell our listeners to do that. All right. Okay. Our company has really taken off, but now we need some tech work done. Should we just buy some software or bring in somebody in-house? And this comes from someone in Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. I never thought about that question. This is interesting. I think it depends upon... Gosh, of course it depends, but... And that's it. If, that's it. All right. Well, another good it. episode oh, yeah. here. <laughs> well, I was thinking if you want to add IP value to your company, then that's some one reason to do it in-house. Another, sometimes, you know, these outside solutions just don't work. They're not necessarily a great fit for what you're doing. But from a legal perspective, I can see if you actually develop it on in-house, then, you know, you'll be able to actually leverage that 
intellectual property into something else, either an acquisition or to kind of uh, be able to be a unique thing in your marketplace? Well, I figured you would have more of an opinion on this than me, but I, I do have some thoughts. Like you said, it does depend, but it depends how much time and how much money you have. But I, yeah. I like the idea of bringing your own person in just because if you get some off-the-shelf software, it's not going to be fully customized. To No matter what you are, it's not going to be 100% fully customized. If you bring somebody in, either an employee or even a contractor, they can tailor exactly to what you want. So I think there's something to be said about that. It's like TurboTax. You know, you can go to a tax preparer and get 100% customized, or you can use TurboTax, which is, you know, it'll probably get the job done, but it's not customized to what exactly you, you're looking for. Yeah, it's not a bad analogy. It's going to be more expensive, obviously, to get it customized. But once you have a customized software for you, then you have to also pay to maintain that. Technology changes and your needs change. And we've experienced this internally too. We had a proprietary practice management software and it was great for what it did. But when our firm started getting bigger and we had other needs, it became impractical to keep updating it. So we had to unfortunately trash it, but that's my experience from it. But if it's something that you can leverage and sell, I think that's a no brainer. You just wanted to plug your own software that you made. Yeah, that didn't go anywhere, but still. (laughs) I personally liked it and I'm not just saying that. Because you're forcing me to. (laughs) Uh, I'll put my gun away. All right. Well, that's our episode. Thanks for joining us. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.